Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam, there's a... In the Aboriginal tradition, they believe they work in the dream time. They don't just believe they work in the dream time, they work in the dream time. And they don't believe that they're the dreamer. And they don't believe that they're the dream. They believe that they're the dreaming. You're not the breather and you're not the breath. You're the breathing. The only thing that consciousness is, is the breathing when it's in life. And that's what this mantra means. Pavana, Pavana, Vahe Guru. Pavana is the breathing. It's not the breather or the breath. Pavana, Pavana, Vahe Guru. Vahe Guru. There's this expression in spirituality, which is known as the infinite stranger. And the infinite stranger was a way that certain ideas had about, for example, Zen, Zen and the Tao. They don't believe in this singular, individualized sense of, of God. Hmm? that if you can describe it, it isn't it. Because that it is so all-encompassing that it is, it can't be, can't be known. And therefore, it's this infinite stranger. Hmm? And the relationship with the infinite stranger in yoga is developed by recognizing that you're, you're the breathing, you're not the breather, and you're not the breath, but you are the breathing, which has no action. It actually has no reception. It just is what it is. It's that infinite stranger that is breathing in you. Because if you were the breather, then when you were knocked unconscious, I'm not talking about just going to sleep, I mean you were knocked out, you wouldn't breathe because you wouldn't know to breathe. And even perhaps when you were sleeping, you wouldn't breathe 
because you wouldn't know to breathe, you're asleep. And so there's this autonomic system. That autonomic system of breathing takes place here at the solar plexus and the diaphragm. And it's known as the root of the sub, R-O-O-T, the root of the subconscious, because the subconscious is the part of the mental body that controls all of those autonomic systems, those systems for which you don't have to participate consciously. You don't participate consciously in the reproduction of your cells. You don't participate consciously in the metabolization in the uh, metabolic process of your food or your intake. The breathing is the one process that you can co-produce with the autonomic system. And so yogis realized that it was through the breath that they could get in touch with the infinite stranger, with that infinity which was the cause of all things to take place. And so the meditation was very simple, that you would sit with your breath while breathing, very consciously participating in breathing. And then you would become so imprinted with the fact that you are breathing, then you would have to main, remain consciously in connection with the fact that you are breathing and give up control of the breathing. And at first, when you start to give up control of the breathing, you face the fear of death. You face the fear of not breathing. So as long as you don't know you're breathing, as long as you're either asleep or walking asleep, right? You're just doing something and you're not aware of the fact that you're breathing. The infinite stranger is good to go. But the moment that you become aware of your breath, you believe that you're the breather. You believe that you're the doer. You believe that you're the activity, you're the action, but you're not. You're just witnessing what is taking place. And it's this relationship. First of all, you witness what's taking place. And then you begin to witness the witness, witnessing what's taking place. And then you begin to witness the witness of the witness that is witnessing what is taking place. And now you're entering the dream time consciously, lucid dreaming. If you ever saw the movie by a dream enthusiast, Christopher Nolan, Inception. He talked about the dream within the dream and that the most profound would be the dream within the dream within the dream. Mm -hmm. This is where your relationship with that infinite stranger begins to take place. The Aborigines were so capable of being the dreamin' that they would dream things like travel, 
And British soldiers, because like every piece of land on earth, at one point or another, somebody had colonized it. And the British soldiers would leave one Aboriginal village to go to another Aboriginal village when they were taking a census back in the 1800s. And the commander of the British regiment was making notes in his, in his logbook, in his journal. And he would notice that they would leave on the only horses that were available because the Aborigines didn't use horses. And they would ride to the next village. And many of the people that had been left in the village that they had previously been in would be waiting for them. And they couldn't figure out how this was. And the Aborigines would explain to them that they simply travel in the dream time. That they don't have the, the burden of only traveling in three dimensions of space that take up the fourth dimension of sequential time. That if you move into the dream time, you collapse the dimensions of three and four and move into the fifth, where all space is one point and all time is one moment. And they would just step from one to the next. Einstein talked about this when he talked about warping space. He said, there are twin cells and there are twin electrons. If you take two electrons out of the same atom, they're known as twins. And if you were to be able to take one electron and place it here on Earth, and put another electron as far out in space, billions of light years out in space. If you change the rotation of the one here on Earth without any time measured, the one in the far distance of space would change simultaneously. He said the same thing holds true with twin cells out of the same gland or organ. And so they figured, well, the electron experiment is not possible. So let's try the experiment with the twin cells. And so they took, they took two cells out of the same kidney and they placed one in a laboratory in Zurich and one in a laboratory at Columbia University in New York. And they dropped the peptide that activates kidney cells on the cell in Zurich and they had everything hooked up via computer and video feed. And as soon as they dropped the peptide, on the cell in Zurich, the cell in New York responded. This is that non-three and non-four dimensional world, both in reality, in the experiment of the cells from a kidney, and in the dream time. This is the world of the infinite stranger. This is the world of your breathing. This is the world of your consciousness. And this is the world that is a relationship between you and your mother. Because when you enter this world, everyone around you gets infused with oxytocin and fall in love with you. 
just like your mother did. The moment you were born, in your absolute innocence, you were not subject to three and four dimensions. And because you were not only not subject to three and four dimensions, you weren't capable of functioning in three and four dimensions. You were in a state of complete innocence, which also appears to be helplessness. But it's not helplessness because there will always be help. Because innocence ignites the oxytocin in those around you. I mean, I was saying it on Mother's Day two, two days ago, that I'm giving a lecture and if someone walks into the room and places a baby down here, a newborn baby down here in front of me, and then walks out of the room, no one would care about the lecture. All any of us would care about, nobody would care about the yoga class. Our entire morning would be shifted from everything that we planned on doing to making sure that this newborn baby was okay. That is the nature of entering that which is called the space that doesn't exist. You enter that space that doesn't exist. You enter that time that doesn't exist in your innocence. And what happens to everyone around you is they fall in to that space with you. And in that space, in that space, everyone looks out for everyone else. And so, in order for us to correct the insanity that is taking place on the planet at this time, it's not for us to be a bigger doer or invent the most outrageous system of making it all work. It's what the Buddha said and Gandhi plagiarized. Be the change you want to see. When you work on yourself to the extent that you become the change, then everything in your dreams, everything in your plans, everything in your goals, everything in your mission, everything in your destiny unfolds. I watched it in the life of Yogi Bhajan. Yogi Bhajan was um, flying every single weekend someplace in the world. And that much plane travel is very, very disruptive to your body because time changes, you know, the time zone changing and the radiation and all of that. And he was just literally blowing himself out. And he got to a place in 1986 where he couldn't do it anymore. Doctors said, uh-uh. He went through an angioplasty to um, open up some blockages in some arteries in his heart. And the doctor said, you're going to have to change your lifestyle because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to come back to where you are here. And so he looked at us and he said, okay, how are we going to do this? Because the whole way that this organization is growing and being supported is by me running around the world every weekend. 
And he sat down and he realized, hmm, there was a barrel, 1986, there was a wooden barrel <clears throat> in a store on La Cienega. And the store was called Golden Temple Foods. And it was a store that we had been running, a health food store that we had been running for about 10 years. And in that barrel were the yogi tea spices all mixed up. And you would go to the barrel and there was a bunch of bags next to it, plastic bags next to it. And you would take a scoop and you would get your yogi tea. And he said, let's turn that barrel into a business. And he sat in meditation over the next 20 years from 1986 until he passed in 2004. And when he passed in 2004, Yogi T was doing about $75 million a year. And the way in which every bit of that growth was to take place, and it was feeding the organization, which it still does to this day. And the way that that yogi tea grew, just like any one of you have a dream of something that you want to achieve in life, the way that that yogi tea grew was by every single morning coming into the space of not being the doer, because if you're the doer, you're going to struggle. If you're the doer, you are operating on the back side of the time wave, which waves in every moment. 8.4 million times in every moment, the wave of time waves. And if you're the doer and you're negative about your doing, you're in the underside of the backside. You're depressed, you're angry, right? If you're on the top side of the backside, then you're struggling and you're determined and you're going to do it, right? But what happens in your meditation is that you rise up to a place where you can view that you're not the doer, you're the being done. You're not the breather, you're not the breath, you're the breathing. And if you are in your consciousness completely committed to your awareness that you are the being done, you are the breathing, then if you ride on the wave of breathing, it carries you. And it carries your plans and your goals and your missions and whatever you want to call those things on your to-do list. And that is where the prayer of the Buddha comes from. And it was also a prayer from the Tao. The places I am to go, I shall go. The people I am to meet, I shall meet. They're going to be there. The things I am to do will be done. And that which I am to achieve, to achieve already is. So all you have to do, no matter what it is, all you have to do in order to so-called achieve your dream 
is be there where your dream is dreaming. And that means that you can't interfere. Because the moment you start doing, you get sucked back down the wave into depression and anger and struggle and all of that. And what causes you to ride the wave up here are what are called the devotions. Innocence is a devotion. Faith is a devotion. Trust is a devotion. Love is a devotion. They say that love is enjoying someone else's joy. You think that doesn't excite some oxytocin? <laughs> the ideas that you have this power inside of you by not being the doer is completely counterintuitive. Every man on earth, and I mean man, believes that he must do in order for it to be done. And that's what a man is. However, the greatest men, the men that have been known forever, always had a very, very, very strong relationship with mother and a deep respect for women because of that. And the men that don't have respect for women, which is so becoming so obvious, men of so-called power because they're big doers, they're movers, they're shakers, that's an absurdity. That's not a man, Yogi Bhajan said. That's a brute. He said that the brute as a replacement for man is what we're experiencing on earth. And quite practically speaking, the brutish nature inside of every one of us is ignited by the sympathetic nervous system. The part of your system that feels that you have to struggle to achieve. That in order for you to survive, you have to make great effort. But what we're really looking at is in order for you to truly Thrive, good one. <laughs> or, <laughs> Off camera, I'm just teasing someone who, as that was starting to fall, was starting to run to catch it. <laughs> Otherwise, you have no idea what's going on up here. And so it's your awakening to the fact that you are being breathed. And it's the faith that comes with the fact, it's the trust that comes with the fact that no matter what, you are being breathed. 
And this aligns with another proverb, which was, when it's your time to go, nothing can stop you. And until that time, nothing can take you. And if you live your life in that grace, then what ends up happening in your life is that you begin to ride the wave of time. Because your destiny is already written. The reason for you to exist already exists. And when you align with that reason for you to exist, you exist in the reason of your existence. And that's called destiny. And the way that you do it is by, and Yogi Bhajan said, and many, many great saints and sages have said, the way that you do this is you go back into those things which ignite the parasympathetic nervous system, the system of awakening. And you ignite it through the mother point, which is the navel point. You ignite it through the heart. And then just like a spice, you add a little bit of brain food to it, head brain. But don't lead your life from here. Because this is strictly a two-dimensional mechanism. It teaches you what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is yes, what is no, what is on, what is off. What if, what if you had such trust and faith that you absolutely knew, I got that. I got right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no. I'm not going to do wrong. I'm not going to do bad. I'm not going to do what I'm not supposed to do, but I am going to do what I'm going to do, but I'm not the doer. So therefore, I am going to ride at the top of that wave and what is to be done, not what is not to be done, but what is to be done is going to be done and I'm going to be in the midst of it. Now, you're an innocent child with an adult skill set. an innocent child with an adult skill set and a strong relationship to the mothering component, the goddess component of life. Gives birth, womb man, woman, gives birth to the future. Now your intuition, whew, you know beyond time, you know beyond space. And so today's class, Today's Kriya and today's asanas are all about moving us into navel, into heart, moving us into that parasympathetic nervous system, and moving us into that mother energy, which is the highly receptive energy, the goddess energy, which is that highly receptive energy so that we can receive that which we are to receive, we shall receive. It's been so common. You make great effort and when the reward is there for you, you don't show up. 
Because if you were to show up, you wouldn't have to struggle anymore. And struggle is familiar to you. So why, if it's familiar to you, would you want to go into the unfamiliarity of ease? And that's why we're dropping these bodies at 80, 90, 100 years old, which are meant to live two, 300 years, because the lack of ease, the disease, takes us out. And I'm not just talking about the, the diseases that have been named. How about just the disease of aging? Aging is a habit. Break it. The only thing that causes you to age is when you attach to gravity. What if you t attached equally to levity and made it a balanced system? If it's equal gravity and equal levity, it's a equilibrium, it's a balance. It f you go, oh, haven't you ever felt that? After a really good yoga set, like you walk out of the room, you just, wow, wow. That effortless effort. So that's what we're going to do today. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.